You don't have to be a member of the country club and you don't have to be cool enough to know about, you know, Garden City Social Club. Yeah, just look in the whatever, you know, the paper, look online and you're going to find it. It's uh, it, it couldn't be easier. And it's bothersome that people cannot solve their own problems and they're saying that their problem is they can find nothing to do. Well, just get creative. And, you know... The motto in Savannah was, if you can't find anything to do, throw your own damn party. Hey guys, this is Chris. Hey guys, this is David. And uh, we are Drop the Disc Podcast. Right. And right. we are here with an awesome guest at 4 p.m. on Monday. Yeah. Getting a little started earlier than with usual. With our regular beers and our Budweiser yes. Nitro. Uh, real quick, shout out to Havard Usry right. from last week. He he uh, had A.B. Bev hook us up. I think we have to shout out A.B. Bev, but yes. I think that's as much as they get. Yeah. Okay. Um, beer Me Augusta, all that yep. good stuff. They uh, hooked up, hooked us up with some good beers, and I'm drinking a uh, Budweiser Nitro Reserve Gold in a very sleek-looking red can. Long name. Very long name, and it's very interesting. I've only had Nitro, like, the port, coffees, the coffee, right? yeah. porters, whatnot, and it's very strange drinking a lager that has no carbonation. Because that's a nitro. It is interesting. Honestly, I don't know if I'm going to like that. But I'm still going to try it. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it's a very cool can. That can uh, is sexy. Yes, it is. And y'all, how how is regular beer? Regular beer is actually uh, as described, I would say. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, those of you that don't see the can, it's literally a white label, and it says regular beer, period. And And so uh, who does that? I feel like it's... Not even Georgia. Claw Brewing. I don't know where that is. Shout, okay. I mean, shout out to them. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore, Maryland. There you go. They must know how to do regular beer. Just Whatever. a bunch of regular guys. Yeah. Without calling out the competition, it is very <laughs> warm, regular beer. There you go. Yes. There you go. Uh, but real quick, our 2020 presenting sponsor right. for this year is Nancy Powell. She's a real estate broker at Powell & Associates. Incorporated, you can find her downtown in the new news building. Her office will be completed and done next month. Very excited for her and uh, could not be here without her. So thank you, Nancy. Right. We couldn't be uh, living in the houses that yeah. I'm living in that you're going to live in yep. uh, without her. So um, I think that's that's kind of double that she's been helping us out. Right. It's, Absolutely. Um, and and her uh, the best way to contact her right now because she just transitioned uh, to her own company, of course, is her Instagram, at Downtown Augusta Broker. Um, and Slide in her DMs. Right. And at the very least, what we always say is, if you're going to do something with real estate, buying or selling, or, or if you're just curious, you might as well talk to somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. And so that's, that's what Nancy is. Yep, absolutely. And uh, we are drinking... Yep. Non-Savannah River Brewery. However, Ooh. AB Bev does carry our drink sponsor for That's 2020, right. which is right. Savannah River Brewery Company. And uh, did you see, David, that um, Maybe. they had those new flavors for Swamp Are they Thing. gone already? It was gone in a day. I'm so upset. There was a I line, didn't even try them. There was a line outside. I believe it was like Mango Swamp Thing and Pineapple Swamp Thing. And it was gone in a day, and I am proud of them. That's awesome. 
I know we're going to try it later. Oh, I'm not sure. worried about it. It. It'll, it has to come back. Oh, absolutely. Actually, I was talking to one of the brewers about it, and they are looking into doing a mix-match pack of Ooh. Swamp Thing flavors. That's like a f- sweet which water. Which would be very... It's like a sweet water kind of thing. Yes, very... It would be very good, and it would be good in their interest to do of that. Of course. Anyways. By the way, I want to do a really... I want to do a really thoughtful segue. So... Something about Savannah River Brew we've never talked about is the cool billboard that's over there that yes. just says, what, God beer? It, or it, it beer. It says beer with, with an arrow pointing down. Right. Yes. And so this is how I'm going to segue to introduce our guest this week because uh, this week we're talking to... Stuart Rayburn. That's right. And you have been in the billboard business before. Is that right? I have. I still own some. So what? What do? You, what is your job, Stuart? What do you do? Well, I build companies, okay, and they mostly center around marketing. Uh, okay. Essentially, our mission in these companies is to promote locally owned small businesses. That's our jam. That's what we think gives a city its flavor, and that's where our passion is. Okay. The big box stores and all the corporates can fend for themselves. And uh, you, you're currently so our guest and our, I mean, our listeners can uh, go ahead and picture you you have a little guy shirt on so yes. a little guy what, to what is and so what is your relation to them and uh what other businesses do you are you a part of well I and my business partner, Molly Swift, own Little Guide uh, uh, through Swift Ray LLC. And uh, what we do there is we put out a small book that features locally owned uh, businesses of um, high imports, uh, lots of value. Uh, These are people that produce great products and provide great services, um, usually from a personal passion and vision that they have derived themselves, often from a long history of working in that industry. Um, So what we do is we tell their story through photographs and well-written copy that just kind of explains who they are and why they've gotten into doing what they do and mostly really why they care about what they do. So, so let's take a step back. So you build businesses, and, and one of your passions is, is marketing for local businesses. Yes. So where, where did that start? How did, how did you become a person that builds businesses and, and cares so much about local business? It had, had to be drama class. Right, right. Of course <laughs> it, had it was. had to be drama yeah. class. That's where everybody learns to care. A lot of things <laughs> go back to drama class. <laughs> Indeed. Well, you know, it's hard to figure where it derives from, but I really think it comes from a place of independence and wanting to do things on my own. Um, I've just always had this driving desire to make my own path. And for that reason, you know, after college, I had a couple of Fortune 1000 and Fortune 500, you know, highly corporate type jobs. And that just, I love the training I got there. I love the people. I love the processes, but I never really was into the culture. Can you name drop the companies? Oh, sure. One was called, uh, well, one was Bell South Yellow Pages, so Bell. One was called Bell South. <laughs> Bell South, yes. The, the, one of the big ones, yes. And I learned so much there. Um, but just the, the culture was just not me. Um, but again, it was invaluable to my professional development. And then I moved on from there and worked for a company called Data National, which 
owned phone books in 14 states. It's kind of a, the biggest company you've never heard of. Um, but they were Fortune 1000, uh, traded on the you know stock exchange, a couple of them, and um, it was a it was a good company. Wow. But uh, they put out what were called alternative phone books, which were a little bit more difficult sell than you know traditional, um, which is interesting to talk about nowadays because any phone book <laughs> ad would be hard to sell right it's now. Right. I gotta say, <laughs> Tough yeah. Sell. yeah. So, you know, uh, that's where I got my, um, you know, kind of my corporate structure background and my professional sales training and okay. background. So, so uh, what, what school did you go to? College. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. What call? Actually, let's back, back up, it up a little bit back more. Back it up. Oh, yeah. Where, where were you born and then where did you grow up? <laughs> okay. So I was born... We're, we're doing like a Benjamin Interestingly, Button right now, yeah. right? <laughs> we started now. Now we're at birth. I was a peanut in Daytona Beach, Florida. Okay. Um, and I spent a, a quick minute in Fort Lauderdale. But by the time I was two, I lived in Brunswick, Georgia, and I've been in Georgia ever since. So okay. 48 years in Georgia makes me a Georgian, and that's what I claim. Okay. Um, but I've I've lived in Brunswick, St. Simons, Augusta, Atlanta, Athens, Macon, and Savannah. Okay. And I did most of my growing up, uh, at least through high school in Savannah, okay. before I came here um, for college at Augusta College. Awesome. Yeah. And it was Augusta College then? It was. I was okay. the very last class in 1995 of Augusta College. Congratulations. Thank That's you. great. <laughs> I was the very first class of GRU when okay. I graduated. Okay. Also mm-hmm. last class. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's <laughs> a, a burden that I carry. Oh, what a name! What a name! Right. But we won't get into that because I get into that every episode. We're somehow. already we're already there. Uh, okay. So you went to college at Augusta College. Um, you do you have a family in Augusta? You've been in Augusta how many years? I do. I've been here since '88. So what, what is that? Quick math is that I don't know. Thirty-two. Without trying, yes. Yes. I spent, there was no yes. smoke coming out of me. Depending on the month, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. so somewhere around there. Um, I came to Augusta. In fact, I was only going to be here for a short time. I was on my way to UGA, and I came here because my mother lives here, and I wanted to spend a few years around her before I you know, flew away. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, I met people, and I, and I enjoyed them, and I never flew away. <laughs> Awesome. And I'm guessing you also didn't fly away because you love the city. Absolutely. So I've grown to love it. Absolutely. You've also seen, you just said you've grown to love it. You've also seen all the changes going on. Oh, yeah. And so I guess when you came for the first time to Augusta College, what was your honest opinion about Augusta, Georgia? Well, there wasn't a lot going on. There wasn't a lot for young people to do, and this you know, was, 18 This was 95, right? This was 88, 88 when I moved okay. here, yeah. Okay. Um, and I came from Savannah, where there was plenty to do, plenty to get involved with. Yeah. Um, so it was a culture shock of some sorts. Um, you know, as culture goes, you know, teenage culture, whatever that is, um, There were some similarities, and a lot of people in both cities would host private parties on in houses and on land. So I saw that here, Um, but when it was time to go out and do, there wasn't as much. Did you know that um, Coco Rubio and Deke Copenhaver used to have house parties together, and Coco Rubio was the DJ? I did not know that. I'm not aware at all. I don't know Deke well. I know Coco well. 
Um, Just a fun fact. You yeah, made me I never think met. about it. I never knew that. Yeah. Fun fact that we learned on a podcast. We learned That's on awesome. the episode, yeah. Well, good. We were honored to, to be the transfers Actually, of that information. I don't, yeah. I don't mean to throw Deke under the bus, but Coco said he was invited to a party that Deke was hosting, and uh, he... Uh, Coco was like the, the music was bad. Coco yeah. basically, <laughs> but he said there was no music. That I yeah. see. And he said, Deke, if you ever want me to come back, I'm gonna bring my DJ setup. Yeah. And Deke said, okay. And then the rest is history. I guess Very they nice. just agreed to do business and politics together after that. <laughs> so, so moving to Augusta in the '80s, going to university here and graduating, and you kind of like you get into Fortune 500, which is. Pretty cool. What but what year was that that you had started working with uh, the Bell South? So that was uh, 95. I was 25 okay. years old. And I had mm-hmm. actually just come off of a year and a half campaign um, getting Charlie Norwood elected for Congress. So I was in PR for... That's an old know, name. Yeah, yeah. And that was a great... You know, that well, it, it was started as an internship in college, and it turned into a paid position. And I was invited to go to Washington to work with him further, but he was going to cut my pay from almost nothing to zero to turn <laughs> me back into an intern in oh, D.C. That was nice of him. And I had a hard time just figuring out how to pay for my, my way in D.C. at the time. Yeah. So I didn't go. And, you know, who knows? Maybe that would have led to a, a lot of interesting things, but... Most fun I ever had working for anyone else was working for Charlie Norwood in that campaign. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine the little guy to Washington, D.C. Right? To be the big guy. <laughs> that would be the big guy. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. The little guy to uh, insider politics in yeah. D.C. There you go. That's great. That would be a good read. I would read that book. Yes. Um, so so what – what? but what brings you – um, I guess from those 500, you, you start your own businesses. When was that? When did you start becoming an entrepreneur? I was 30. Okay. In fact, um, I left the Fortune 1000 Data National that I was at, uh, my third job officially. And um, I remember turning 30 in, was it, I think it was Asheville, North Carolina. I was in Asheville. It's right at... Uh, Millennium New Year. So I'm a January 3rd. So we were on vacation still for Millennial. So we rocked out Millennial in Nashville with my friends, Matt Flynn and Barry Blackston from Nacho Mamas and Stillwater and such. And uh, then I remember three days later, all of a sudden, wondering what was going on because I had no job, (laughs) you know, at the time. And, um, you know, I just started reflecting on my life at 30 for a a really awful 30 minutes. I got over (laughs) it quickly, thankfully. But ironically, I mean, two months later, I was able to buy a billboard company and I bought it from Brad Usher. Um, And that kind of started me off on that path. Brad needed somebody to sell billboards for him. I came in, I sold him well, and eventually he asked if I'd like to purchase the company, and and I did, and that's kind of where it all began. What What is that company called? It was called Value Boards, Outdoor okay. Advertising. And eventually, I start, we had about 34 faces at the time. Wow. So I could sell those quickly. So I needed more to do. And I began to sell advertising for the other billboard companies in town, mostly Lamar Outdoor. Okay. And um, I ended up changing the name to a brokerage name. So it ended up being... Uh, Billboard Guru, which was okay. a billboard brokerage. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And uh, just off, what's what's the hottest billboard that 
in the area. What's the best know. spot for a billboard? Uh, well, maybe for a podcast billboard. There you go. Well, they, they change all the time, but back then, um, okay. the corner of Bobby Jones and Washington was pretty hot. Um, and okay. I would sell that. And they're, they're, I mean, you know, they're all location specific. So, right. you know, there's one on... Wheeler Road at the corner of Walton Way, which is grandfathered in. You can't put any billboards on Wheeler Road at all. <laughs> but it got up before <laughs> the 2000 ordinance went in. And um, that one stayed full the yeah, whole time. I bet. And there yeah. are others. There, I mean, there are a couple of great ones around town. Absolutely. But out of what may be 3,500 billboards, I mean, there's probably 20 you know, super awesome spots. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So super awesome spots. I'm going to, I'm going to glide in and ask you a question. You've mentioned already Stillwater mm-hmm. and I've actually seen you numerous times at Stillwater. Oh, that, only, only that one time. Okay. Only that one time. <laughs> yes. For the record. Uh, but, uh, what are some cool spots that you like to go to, you know, either you with the boys, you know, or family. any occasion, any, yeah. any yeah. occasion. Yeah. Well, there are lots and, and I go to Stillwater because, well, two reasons. My best friends own it and it's oh, 50 feet from my office. <laughs> so it makes it really convenient. Um, but I mean, there are more than I could name. Um, Augustus developed a really cool F and B culture over the last really seven years. And it's really grown, mm-hmm. I'd say, and, and, you know, the last three even more, but, you know, I love all the frog hollow group stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, hive and bees knees have been good for downtown. Um, I'm real excited about pineapple Ooh, and yeah. frankly fuse was great before that the food yeah, was yeah. exceptional have, um, you, have you had pineapple have you been there well i went there the day they opened and the food was great and uh you know the service was you know difficult but that's just what happens on the first day that's, right. that's, that's reality yeah. it's reality we, we had i wish we well. had seen you we were at the soft opening you probably okay. no. you probably got there like a week before that yeah i don't know about that i'm not that important i have to pay my way <laughs> oh we did too oh yeah <laughs> don't Oh, but it, listen, I loved, I loved it, and I can't wait for them to reopen. Um, but I mean, the, just the list goes on and on. And there's no way I can name them all. You know who I'm really excited about right now is Namaste mm, in yes. Evans. Really? Yeah, they're rocking it. I have never seen uh, a restaurant at that price point put out such beautiful plates. Right. They decorate the plates. They're perfect. And the fact that it's in a strip mall and it doesn't seem like you're going to get this exceptional food and the price point's right and then they deliver it, I mean, it just is mind-blowing to and me. And for people that aren't familiar with it, what kind of food do they serve? It's Indian, Indian cuisine food. and yeah. that's not even in my realm. Uh, you know, I don't usually do that, but I've, I've had great experiences Molly there. Molly got you there, didn't she? Well, probably in a roundabout way. Right. Probably. I'm sure she influenced that. Laziza, I feel the same way. But you know, Kachina is exceptional on Fury's Ferry. Um, you know, JD's place over here, um, I bet we could see it from here. Um, Noble Jones. Oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah. exceptional. Definitely. Have you followed the, the track of like Cotton Path, uh, Cotton Patch to Noble Jones? Yes. Yes. I, I had my prom uh, dinner at Cotton Patch. Oh, did you Patch. really? Yeah. Nice. Burgers. Uh, we all had burgers. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's not why we go to prom. It's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely burgers. <laughs> <correct>. <laughs> That's why I went there. 
Mom's paying tonight. So, yeah, uh, right. Stuart, we're, we're about to start talking about the little guy, which is the business that you're in right now. Um, before we do that, I, I would be interested to hear uh, a little bit of maybe recollection from you as far as, like, your time in Augusta. Like, how would you place us now versus what you've seen? Well, I mean, we're, we're way ahead of where we were. Um, that, of course, that's natural. Um, you know, you hope to be able to say right, that, right? Uh, I think it's progressed as it would. I mean, you know, we're it's a it's a middle sized southern town, and um, you know, there's value to that, and sometimes there are drawbacks. Uh, I think what it requires is people who have a desire to bring something to their city to take that step and to take that risk and, you know, to execute. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of these ideas are coming from other markets. That's normal and that's as it should be. So, you know, I think the process often is somebody travels and they find something that they, you know, just blows their mind and they want to do that, you know, in their local area. Well, I think that's also just capitalism. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day. Well, I mean, it's the the art and the science to that is really interesting to me. Okay. So we're going to take that break. I promise. Uh, And I'm looking at the track and Chris hasn't spoken in like two minutes. So I'm actually going to let Chris start this off. But <laughs> yeah, we're good. I've been sipping on that beer and I've been enjoying I it. S- I see that. Um, uh, so we're going to take a real quick uh, moment to shout out yeah. our community partners. Yeah, and actually, uh, Stuart's going to have to listen to me talk about his business. So, actually, um, Stuart, do you want to do our community shout out for the little guy? No, you do it because I, I mean, I want to hear how it goes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I, you poor absolutely. things. So, uh, <laughs> Chris, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, okay. Ahead. So, um, <clears throat> No pressure. No pressure. pressure. I'm not worried about it. It's not hard to talk about this book. (laughs) Uh, Okay, guys. So The Little Guy, one of our partners this year, and we're super excited about it. Um, If you don't know what I'm talking about, we're talking about this little red book that you can find in restaurants. And uh, no, it does not cost a dime or a nickel. It's actually free, and you can take it and steal it from the restaurant and bring it home to your coffee you know your coffee table whatever you want put it on there for uh visitors and it's if you flip through it it's tons of different local businesses um and anything you can get yourself into right and uh, it's not on just the restaurants no it's not just restaurants it's anything you can get into on the weekend um any kind of boutiques any kind of things you know um i mean there's even like animal services for your pets right it's basically this well i, I don't want to say the word guy but it's basically a guide to if you want to be involved in local business and you want to know who's doing good things, right? Flip through the book, and and while you're flipping through the book, read by the, way, the stories. Go to the entertainment section, yes. Because we are very excited that by the time this episode posts, you guys expect to have the little guide uh, the next day, the Monday after the post of this episode, and we will be in the 2020 little guide. That's right. Like it or not. That's right. You can see our story, even though you've heard us talk about it multiple times. Right. Uh, but it's super cool. We're super excited, and we feel part of a community uh, being inside the level guide. That's absolutely right. So, uh, But um, also, over right. our shoulder right. is uh, the cyber building. And right. inside the cyber building, who else is in there? The cyber building is, is awesome. Uh, the clubhouse is specifically what we're talking about. And the cool thing about the clubhouse is 
we've been talking about community, we've been talking about local, the little guide is all about this, we're all about this, and the clubhouse is all about this, building up local businesses built by, I mean, they have people that are in tech, they have people, they have Augusta Sports Leagues running out of there, yep. they have uh, coding classes, they have a 3D printer, is it, is it three, is it, it should it's be a, a 4D printer, it's, it's, I feel like, but a two, 3D printer? Two 3D printers, and actually, they've used those printers in the midst of COVID, making masks right. for um, the community. That's cool. 95s, yeah. And, and so we only work and support the best local organizations and the best local partners, and we're very proud and very happy to have the Little Guide and the Clubhouse on board. Right. We're super happy about that. Um, so today is uh, May the 4th be with you. Oh, that's true. And Thank you for not letting us. Thank however, you for when us this drops, this episode drop on yeah, Sunday, but... Over. People would know that today was May the fourth, and we're happy about. It. I've got a question. You know, we're we're in 2020 now, and we have a baby Yoda. Yes. Okay? yes. So I I put on Instagram today a question. I did a poll: uh, baby Yoda or Yoda? What is your pick? God, I hope it's Yoda. Don't don't don't. What is my pick? What's your pick? And then I'll tell you what our well, what, followers what, have picked. I would have had to say Yoda, and I would have said Yoda. Um, I think Baby Yoda is super cute and it's very interesting. But if you look at the first episode that came out, which would not be the first episode, I don't even know which one it is. Uh, and, and you mean well, which, Star would Wars? Be the, would be actually be the second would yeah the second mm-hmm. Star okay. Wars that came out when Yoda was introduced. He was comic relief. He was a really goofy character at right. first. Yeah. Uh, it was almost ridiculous. Almost couldn't see what's going on. Right. And then he got into a Zen situation, and I think he used humor, you know, to kind of mask some of that and play the fool when he was really wise in the background. But well, and you, you know, you know uh, when you see one through three, his heart's broken by the time Luke's there, so he's probably hiding the pain right. you know, with humor. Right. But did they know that? Did they know that? I don't know. I don't the know. Back then. George Lucas is a genius. I, that's all <laughs> I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, I will say our listeners, our followers on Instagram, uh, so far, Yoda is beating Baby Yoda. Thank goodness. I'm actually surprised. Me too. I am too. Uh, 54% vote for Yoda, 46 that's Baby close. Yoda. And when that's I close. say those numbers, I mean... Uh, 35 had voted for Yoda, and only 22 have voted for Baby Yoda. Okay. So that's not bad. That's That's a pretty good little uh, Monday poll that we've done. Thank you for that. And uh, I was actually very impressed, you know? Yeah. Baby Yoda was such a big deal the past right. six months. You know all 22 of the people that voted for Baby Yoda are females? You know that. So fact, interesting right? you say that. I can that. actually look to see. <laughs> As a marketer, I'd be very interested in the demographics behind those votes. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, uh, y'all, you, we'll, you we'll do move this on, an, and yeah, I'll we'll, get the numbers for you We'll y'all. do this another time. Uh, so, so Stuart, uh, we, we are here to talk about you, uh, although Baby Yoda's on the list, apparently. That's fine. Uh, so the little guide to Augusta is, is what you're working on right now. Um, I, I think the best way to get that started... Uh, can you tell us kind of like the current state of the little guy? Like what's going on with you guys right now? Well, um, 
we are about to put out our third edition, and that's the most exciting thing that we've got going on. Um, in fact, on my way over here, I got a text from the printer, and he said it's ready. Wow. I didn't expect it until Friday, and we're going to do a distribution Monday, so we won't distribute it. Um, but, of course, you know, with the current, you know, COVID-19 situation and business being in an unprecedented point, small businesses being closed down the way they are, yeah. you know, uh, it, it makes us it difficult for us to do our job in a traditional way. What we do is we promote small locally owned businesses. We encourage people to leave their homes and go out into the world and spend money specifically with local risk takers that have, you know, come up with a great idea or curated a really interesting or very good thing. And uh, we share that good news with people and we encourage them to go and support. And uh, that's not where our climate is right now. And it's odd to find ourselves in this spot. I never would have uh, predicted that something like this could happen. So we are trying to uh, mitigate how we get the book out and we certainly want to be on the front edge of encouraging people to go and do and spend money yeah. and get out. But of course, we don't want to do that too early. Um, we know that when we encourage people to go and do, especially if we're going to lead that charge or be at least on the front end of it, that we'll have some pushback and we're getting prepared for that. Um, and ultimately, you know, it seems like nobody really knows what to predict or what's going to happen in the future. So, you know, it's a risk, you know, encouraging people to go out to risk, encouraging people to stay home is a risk. Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of where you fall and what do you you know, as a, you know, community leader, what would one feel like is the most appropriate, you know, thing to push? So we'll work through that and decide when to put it out and decide when to really get heavy on social media and encourage people to start going and doing um, in an effort to hopefully build some excitement and help some of these small businesses recruit, coop some of the revenue they've lost yeah. and be able to hire people back and, um, you know, get this economy going again. Yeah, and, and there's... I know that at, in the past, I'll start with this, in the past you also have been working uh, on a walking map mm -hmm. and that's something we wanted to make sure that we, we also talked about. Uh, how does the walking map figure in with what's going on in the little guide? Well, they're, they're two separate companies. Um, the walking map and another product, the newcomersguide.com, okay. I own right. under uh, a business cultivator, which is a company I own wholly. And then Swift Ray is Molly Swift and myself. And um, that holds the that little guy. That makes guide. so much sense. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just there realized that. Yeah. I've been trying Swift to figure out what that means. Rayburn. Right, right, right. You got wow. it. Wow. Yeah. Well, we didn't go too far for that one. <laughs> that was right there in front Genius. of us. Yeah. So. <laughs> So um, they're just held differently. Uh, they all do similar things. I mean, the downtown map, uh, we do here in Augusta and we do one in Athens, Georgia. And those are specifically for visitors to discover essentially what's going on for fun around them. So if they're in a hotel room or if they're at a conference, they can pick up this piece of paper, this fold out brochure map and see what's within walking distance that is of value to them. And again, you know, we're trying to stay away from big corporates and we're going for where's the local flavor because that's yeah. what people want to experience when they visit a town 
is what's the local flavor? Um, it's really the only flavor you can get off Broad Street. Too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, unless Mellow Mushroom. That's right. Or right, Groucho's. Right, yeah. right. right. Groucho's, and and interestingly, yeah. you know, those still kind of fit into the culture. They have the yeah. feel of the local right. company. Right. Even though yeah. they are, yeah, cor- bit larger and corporate. Yeah. So um, that's what we do there. It's really a piece for visitors. And there's crossover. Locals like it and utilize it in some cases. And newcomers like it and utilize it in some cases. But its focus is visitors. The newcomersguide.com obviously has a focus on newcomers. Yeah. Um, um, it's a, a digital product only. It's uh, thenewcomersguide.com. And um, we partner with a lot of large employers there and of some small businesses. But um, Fort Gordon's uh, MWR is featured on there, um, as is Augusta University. And you know, those are the two largest employers in town. And they have a natural interest because they recruit so many people from out of town. Right. And uh, they were looking for a resource like that. So we were able to provide it, not specifically for them, but it just happened to be a fit once gotcha. we completed the website. Um, and then, of course, moving over to the little guide, it it was made specifically for locals. Um, we have crossover. Newcomers love it. Visitors try to grab it when they can. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had locals in mind there, and we just wanted to expand the horizon for a local individual that just didn't have their ear to the ground and know that much about what's going on and what's open and what makes them unique and special. I, I would definitely say if you're in if you're in the little guy, there's some major street cred. Yeah. yeah. That's the yeah. way I look Clearly at it. Clearly we think Thank you. that. Well Absolutely. I'm, glad, I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> I do too. Absolutely. I do have a off topic question. I'm just curious on your opinion. So um, a lot of people would disagree with me. Uh, you know, I love Augusta. I'm, I love our downtown, but uh, I also think there's people that live here that also want some uh, franchises downtown. You know, sure. Let's just sure. look at Athens, for example. You walk right. around Athens, you see a Barberitos in yeah. an old building. You see right. a Five Guys in an old building. It's kind of cool. I think it's cool. Yeah. You know, I'm 28, and so I, I, I think that's cool. But I, I, I'm just curious, a guy that, you know, uh, part owns the little guide, do you think a franchise at some stature would be beneficial to Augusta having Cyber Center right there, yeah. the medical district, you have North Augusta, you know, all that? Do you think that could help? Oh, I, I, do, I do. And could okay. they be in the little guy? Uh, it, it, so I'll, let me get to that so, next. But okay, I, we okay. do have a policy. It's a loose policy, but we do have a policy. Okay. And I'll get to that. But so, you know, that's an interesting question because I've been involved in downtown Athens culture for a while with the with the map and talked to a lot of business owners and other people. And, uh, you know, local Athens culture has this idea that they don't want corporate in downtown. They want to keep it pure in a certain way. Uh, there's a story that I heard a few years ago of how they ran a Wendy's out out of downtown, you know, collectively. <laughs> just, just curious, do you see that in Savannah too? I, you're from Savannah, that's why Well, you know, I think, you know, it's just really a matter of what side you're on. And I think there are always local townies that have these thoughts and yeah. feelings. They're usually younger, you know, with, uh, 
you know, More idealistic. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think what people have to, you know, realize is it's absolutely a balance. So well-recognized name brands can bring people into an area and make them comfortable. And that allows them the ability to then experiment and go to these other places with which they may have never gone. Otherwise, they may not have even come to this section of town yeah, if you're talking you. about locals. So really, it's kind of a leader. It pulls people in and then they're able to see that maybe in this case, downtown is a safe place to be, right. or maybe they can get some things that are familiar to them from the suburb that they're from, yeah, and right. it makes them feel comfortable. And then they're willing to come down again and do something that's you know, more unique and a local offering. So for that reason, I think it's good. Another reason why I think it's good is honestly, most people that buy these franchises, I mean, first of all, these poor, poor people, because that, I mean, this is not the best way to make money. Uh, you know, paying somebody that much to start a business, there's certainly some safety in it, but there's a lot of risk too. And, uh, you know, that's just a large startup cost. You right. got, you got build outs and royalties and just all kinds of fees and cost franchise fees. And I mean, wow, the extra money. So, but these are mostly people who wanted to start a small business and work for themselves anyway. So there's the same kind of person that would have opened up something else. Um, and so, that's why it's a more open-ended question. Because yeah. you can see like you can see like Groucho's, for example, right. like run as a small business yeah. even though it's not. Well, to him, to I assume it's to him. I mean yeah. but to, to them it is. To the owner, yeah. Yeah, it is to them. I, it's not like I don't like what we have already. I just think we could offer so put a, much. Put a more. Publix on Fifth Street, you know? <laughs> Something well, not, would be great. I, right I by mean, Luigi's. I mean, <laughs> if anybody knows the Chick-fil-A franchise, there's so many different things you have to pass in right. order to open one up. Well, that's there's, the whole thing. Yeah. There is not one within five miles in downtown. And so what about the people that work down here and they want Chick-fil-A? They got to drive all the way to Washington Road. They got to drive all the way into deep into North Augusta. I'm just saying if we want people to work down here that aren't from here, we're going to need to uh, put something down here that they're comfortable with. And that that's my take on it. And I love all the coffee shops we have here. Yeah. But you cannot change someone that is a Starbucks chain, Starbucks drinker to become a local, let's say, Ubora drinker overnight. Yeah. But the way to do that is you put a Starbucks down here for everybody. There's, there's a line at Starbucks and then they and go And then they realize, door. oh, yeah. there's Ubora across the street. Let yeah. me go there. And then they try it out. I'm not on your side here. I'm just helping your argument. There is no sides here. It's just an idea. And I, and I, I think, yeah, I I think some people should open up to that idea yeah. if they want to see the growth that they want to see down here. They need to be open to having some sort of franchise. I'm getting passionate about this. You I are. I don't you mean are. to. but I, I, I agree with you. I think people should be open to it. I, 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 I think I really fall into the local is better camp. Yes. Um, but I see some value in that idea. And as long as it wasn't overrun, then I like it. That's the fear. But you don't know. Uh, what what so what drives it moving in that direction is population or foot traffic essentially right. and then rents yeah so you get to a tipping point in a downtown sometimes where 
you know, as traffic increases and people are more successful, rents go up and then people just can't do a small startup. And then you start to lose I think you see that art in, and culture. You see that in Charleston a lot. If you go on uh, the main street there, they're all big, uh, big box stores. Um, so, so I do see where it seems to be the trend, yeah. you know, and a mixture is what I like it low on the franchises, I but, agree. but I, I get, agree. I get that they, so, they have value. So the little guy would potentially do business with a franchise. Okay. If so it was locally owned. That's our policy is okay. we really try to take it a case at a time. Our general policy is no franchises. That's our general. So that's there's easier. always, there's always an exception to yeah. that rule. So. One exception here is um, Wild Wing Cafe, right? So the that, reason that makes sense. The reason why we have an interest in Wild Wing is because it's owned by stalwart locals who have been really good to the community and given back to the community. Number one. Number two, they promote local and regional music, and they have local acts in and pay artists in that way, and they bring in regional acts that are really relatively unknown, but it gives local acts from a four-state area that wouldn't have a venue otherwise, um, you know, kind of a track to go around and play. So we find that interesting. They're giving back to the community. They're giving back to the arts. So it makes a lot of sense for us. Um, You know, a local, so like, uh, there's a burrito place that's local, right? Is it is it Twisted Burrito or the other one? I don't Diablos know. Diablos is local. Diablos. Diablos. Well, they're not our customer, so <laughs> I don't have to know about them. But we hope that they are in the future, and of course, I'll 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 learn more in, at that point. But you know, their goal is to franchise that out, and right. it's very franchise looking, very corporate looking. Are we, so, are we talking about Diablos? Um, yes, I thank think you. they have franchised out. Yeah, and I think yeah. you're right. I think yeah. they because, have too. Uh, yeah. there, there's uh, some in random areas. There's Birmingham. There's plenty in Athens. There's yeah. plenty in. Uh, I'm surprised people eat healthy. Alpharetta and <laughs> Gwinnett County area. They're they're starting to franchise out. I yeah, mean, I don't blame them. It's yeah. good stuff. They could well, have so, eight, in but it's Alpharetta. local. That would be it's a local. situation where it's a franchise, but it's derived locally, and their their headquarters, franchise national headquarters, is in Augusta. Pretty so cool. That Pretty makes cool sense sentence. to yeah. us, right? right? That makes sense. Yeah. And then we'll go out a little bit. So like, you know, I, you know, Zaxby's is kind of on the line. They do things a little bit different. They're everywhere for us, but somebody from another area may have never seen one. Right. And, and their corporate headquarters is Statesboro. Yeah. So I, that's not Augusta, but it sure is close. And, you know, I feel like that's reasonable. Barbarito's, your pie, the same thing. They're out of Athens as their franchise headquarters. So as close as that is, they seem regional to us. I mean, it may not be a, a it may not be automatic, but yeah. it would be something that we would consider. But I mean, you know, when you go to, there's a, another thousand of them that we wouldn't yeah. be, there's no McDonald's or there's no McDonald's, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever, right. Just fill in a blank. There's plenty of them. So, so Stuart, uh, we've, we've talked about a lot of different businesses that you're a part of. Can I get a clear count right now of how many businesses you own and operate right now? Well, we have one, two, three, four businesses with one, two, three, four, five, six products. 
Yeah. Wow. wow. Well, I mean, we, we know, calling a, a widget a product. A widget? Yeah. Gotcha. So one of them, I mean, you know, I, ho- I have, I own a building downtown. It's LLC. It's a building a business. Only. Okay. We have tenants. I call it a business. It's not a big business. We're not growing it. It's not going anywhere, but it counts as a tick, there you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's where I, I live. That's where my businesses live. <laughs> but um, it's a thing that takes time up in my day. I mean, when there's a, a, a challenge, then, you know, that's my problem. And when they don't show up to cut the grass, that's my problem. So even though it's not it's an a business. active business, yeah. that it's a business. Okay. Um, so, so with all that being said, and, and we do have one more question, of course, at the end, I'm going to ask this one and then seed myself to Chris and let him take us to the end. Um, what, what is the future of downtown? What is the future of Augusta in, in your eyes, doing all this business, knowing all these people? That's a freaking good question. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And by, for the record, we have never asked anybody else this question. It's a great question. Well, the future for downtown Augusta is, is bright. Um, if you'd asked that three years ago, it would have been more difficult to answer. But it would have been easier in December, too, also. Absolutely. So um, (laughs) the answer to that question became apparent about two to two and a half years ago. Um, And really, I guess what sealed it was Augusta University's interest in buying property and developing downtown Augusta. Um, I mean, you know, that sealed it. We already knew that it was going to grow and property values would go up. You look at any middle market in the southeast and they're all developing their downtowns and they're all in flux. I mean, some are at the beginning, some are at the end and some are in the middle of that process. Macon is a great example. Um, Columbus, Georgia is a great example, both of being really on the front end of revitalization with a lot of empty storefronts. We're close-ish to that. We're moved a little bit towards the middle. But I mean, you know, we're, this is no Savannah. This is no Charleston. And I mean, there's no point in talking about Atlanta. That's been done, you know, 30 years ago. So it's, it's going up and that's just how it's going to be. Um, you know, everybody should have brought property three years ago, five right, years right. ago. But if that can't happen, then I was graduating high too. school. Like, man, I should right. just start buying buildings <laughs> right, right, right. With, all, with all your graduation, money. with my graduation yeah. gift cards. That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> um, but you know, it's still going to get better. So obviously we're in some kind of a weird holding pattern, but that'll change. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. And as promised, yeah, I, I'm going to let my words go. And I'm going to I'm going to push so, it over to Chris. So we ask every guest this question. And it's cool because uh, you you moved here in '88 for college, college. and you planned to leave. I did. Yes. So as many people do, um, I'm sure then it was much more easy to uh, throw around the ro- the word disgusta. Um, this this uh, this word has. Uh, basically motivated us to do this podcast, and uh, hence the name Drop the Diss. And um, if someone were to come up to you tomorrow and diss Augusta, talk negatively about it, what what would you say to them in, in, in the most kind words possible? I have to say that because we've this, had some uh, other uh, answers uh, and we had to re-ask it. <laughs> I'm, I'm capable of editing, so you know. Right. Well, so, so here's the thing. I mean, I have a lot to say about that. The first thing I would do is probably 
ignore it and walk away. And I'll tell you why. You just can't really change anyone's mind, especially not directly. You're not going to have a conversation with somebody that's taking a stance in public yeah. and have them at the end of the conversation. Oh, you were right. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, you know what? I'd never thought of it that way. That's just not our culture today. They're going to argue. They may find out in the middle of their argument that they're wrong, but they're going to hold that line anyway. I think Facebook that's how proves, people are. I think Facebook <laughs> proves you right every day. But I will say yeah. this. I really have, I, I, it really bothers me when people talk badly about the town that we live in. Um, I don't mind hearing things that just happen to be negative because it's a normal course of conversation, but we all know people who have a bent for just constantly throwing stuff, and it's just, it's not reasonable, and it's not is not fair-minded. There are a lot of assets here, and there have been for a long time. Before the food culture kind of upped its game three or four years ago, there were still plenty of really interesting and unique, solid value places to go. Some of them are many years old, and some of them are brand new. There was always something to do. You just had to be creative and find it. Um, and if one were to look in the most obvious place, which... Putt, putt. Well, I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, what I'm thinking of here is, um, you know, the nonprofit yeah, yeah. opportunities that we have here. What do so, we have? The most dense nonprofit yes. uh, community in the oh, Southeast yeah. or something? Oh, like, yeah. It's crazy. I've heard this. So if you are bored and devoid of creative ideas, I think all you have to do is look at the nonprofit fundraising schedule and you will find a number of parties, balls, yeah. silent auctions are centered around wine, beer, art, chocolate, you name it, barbecue, music. Live music. Bands. I mean, there is, if you went to no restaurant and you went to no private party and you simply paid for a ticket to the thing that everybody is invited to, that happens probably once a weekend, you got 52 events a year to go to. That's all you need. You don't have to be a member of the country decent. club and you don't have to be cool enough to know about you know, Garden City Social Club. Yeah. You just look in the whatever, you know, the paper, look online, and you're going to find it. It's uh, it, it couldn't be easier. And it's bothersome that people cannot solve their own problems. And they're saying that their problem is they can find nothing to do. Well, just get creative. And, you know... The motto in Savannah was, if you can't find anything to do, throw your own damn party. So why not? That's a great motto that yeah. I definitely did in college. Yeah, I'm here for that. I'm 100%. here for that. As the pre-podcast stories would tell you. Uh, yes. So, Stuart, before we let you go, um, we, we do give everybody this opportunity. If there's anybody you want to shout out, any shout outs you have. Um, uh, the floor is yours to make them. Well, thank you. Um, my son, Will Rayburn, and my son, John Rayburn, are awesome guys, and I'm very proud of them. So I hope they're able to hear this podcast. Good guys. Can't wait for them to grow up and you guys to meet them. Awesome. I'm, I'm here for that, and they can come have a beer as soon as you allow them to. It'll be a while. Okay, that's okay. fine. Okay. It'll, it'll be a while, but uh, thank you, Stuart, for coming in. Thank you so much. To our studio and having this awesome episode with yeah. you. Thanks, guys. I really enjoyed Absolutely. it. Absolutely. If uh, you have not had a chance yet, please go rate us on iTunes. Five stars. 
Give us a review. Uh, if not five stars, tell us why. We'd yeah. like to make it better for you. But Thanks. tell us why in a DM and then go back and rate us five stars after <laughs> after we fix it. We will fix it for you. Don't yeah, worry. Right. We love y'all. Thank y'all. All right.